What is up, all my Nexus family? It is your host, Dr. Daniel Kimberly, and you are tuned into the Nexus podcast. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about four steps to getting everything you want in life. These four steps are going to come from a combination of experiences that I've had, but it all started with Heather and I watching a movie together that completely inspired the rest of this podcast. So kick back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Nexus Podcast, Four Steps to Getting Everything You Want in Life. Last night, Heather and I were sitting around, we were watching a movie, we're still waiting on baby Kimberly to come, but we believe that he or she will be here very, very soon. Actually, they will actually already be here by the time you're listening to this episode, but nonetheless, we're still waiting. So I want to share a story. Heather and I are kicking back last night, and we're watching a movie called Get a Job. Now, if you haven't seen the movie, the premise for this is that there are four millennials who are looking for jobs. And the main character, his dad is actually giving him a super hard time about getting a job. He had just graduated from college. He was expecting to get a job in LA Weekly after a two-year-long internship, unpaid, in which he finds out that he's not going to get that job because LA Weekly had to lay off more people. And so as a result of this, this kid is looking for a job and his dad is giving him a super hard time as our parents likely would if we were looking for a job just out of college, not using our degree. And so it brought up, this movie brought up all these interesting conversations about millennials. And I'm a millennial myself. I know some of you are, some of you are not. Uh, We all have our varying different opinions about millennials, and that's not the point of this conversation at all. But just to bring up the fact that there's this interesting thing happening with college and what degrees we get, and then just getting out of school and expecting a job. And so this is what this movie kind of sets up. And I won't give you all the details of it, but as Heather and I are talking about it, one of the things that we reflected on this morning over our coffee after we watched this movie last night, so Heather was drinking tea, I was drinking some coffee, and we were just talking about, you know, how are we going to raise our kids? And one of the things for me that's interesting, especially because I've experienced both lives, I've experienced a life of being an employee. Actually, I was raised to be an employee. And if you've heard me talk about the hidden curriculum, I could go even into how my high school and my elementary school prepared me to be an employee. I won't go there on this episode. Go back and listen to the first episode if you want to know more about the hidden curriculum. Anyway, as we're reflecting, one of the things that comes up is this conversation of, are we going to send our kids to college? And do we need to send our kids to college? Now, Heather and I have some varying and different opinions about this. And one of the things that came up in the course of our conversation was that if we teach our kids how to become entrepreneurs, this is something that happens in the movie. I'm not going to give it away because uh, I don't want to, you know, if you want to go watch the movie or whatever, I think it has some good commentary on college and millennials and the job situation and the workplace economics right now anyway. But nonetheless, we're having this conversation and we're, ha- we're having a little bit of a debate, not getting heated about it, but certainly having a debate about whether we're going to send our kids to college when they get to the age. And it came up that, you know, it likely depends on what job they're going to go into or what they want to go into. For instance, if our kid wants to be a doctor, obviously they have to go to some post-secondary education and then ultimately on to postgraduate education. And so that's an obvious one. But one, you know, if one of our kids wants to go into business, then it's a little bit of a different conversation. And I was torn between this because I've lived in both worlds. I've lived in the world of being an employee, and now I live in the world of being an entrepreneur. And being an entrepreneur is interesting because as we taught, as Heather and I had the conversation, Heather has two degrees from college 
neither of which she is using right now. Now it's interesting because it's not that that was a waste of money. It served her very, very well when we were back in Indiana. But now that circumstances have changed, we are able to be in a place where she doesn't have to work if she doesn't want to. And so, you know, the question was, is like, is this a waste of time for Heather to pursue these degrees? Was it a waste of money? And so the same became true. And this is kind of the conversation that came up in the course of the movie. And one of the things that we really both agreed upon is it depends on what our kids are going to be doing. And so as we start reflecting on this, obviously we start looking back at our experience when I was in chiropractic school and Heather had given up her job in Indiana and I had given up my job in Indiana. And we were kind of, kind of, we kind of had this vision of that we wanted to open our own practice and we wanted to live in Southern California. And even though all of our mentors, all the people around us are telling you, telling us, you know what? It is absolutely impossible for you to go to California to live by the beach and to open up a practice. Like literally we're hearing this from every direction. Our parents didn't believe in us. My mentors didn't believe in us. People in the school didn't believe in us. And there were a few people here and there who were giving us glimmers of hope and saying, you know what, man, if that's your vision, then you should just go do it. So Heather and I started talking then about like, how could we teach someone else, i.e. our future children, how could we teach them to get what they want in life? How can we teach them to succeed and achieve everything that they want? Now, obviously the point of this is not to say that Heather and I are exactly where we are today, where we have everything that we want. That is not the point. But many people have asked throughout the course of me being in practice and Heather being in practice with me is like, how have you guys made this a reality? Some of these people are chiropractors. Some of these people are clients of ours. And so I thought it would be a good conversation to talk about if I was going to give someone four steps to radically transform their life so they could start to get everything that they wanted, these are the four steps that I would lay out. And so the four steps look like this. The first thing you would do is create vision and values. I'm going to dive into each of these in more detail here in just a second. So the first would be create a vision and values. Two, you need to change your mindset. Three, you need to learn and apply the 80-20 principle to your life. And then number four is going to be do the work. Now, these might sound super obvious to you, but within each of these, I guarantee you there are some things that are going to radically change your perspective about what I'm talking about. And so the first one, vision vision and values. If you've ever listened to or learned about how Olympic athletes or elite level athletes practice and prepare for their competitions to win gold medals, to completely destroy their competition, one of the things that always comes up is them having a vision. And not just a vision, but them being able to visualize and see in their head exactly how they want every move of their match, every move of their game, every move of their session to go down. And so for Heather and I, what we really realized when I was in chiropractic school is about the end of our first year, we learned that having a vision is like super important to you achieving what you want. Because if you don't have a vision, if you can't see clearly in vivid, vivid detail exactly where you want to go, how are you going to know what decisions or what steps to take to get there? And so a lot of people will say that, well, this is what I think I want, but they're not really sure. And they have no vision of exactly what it looks like. And so it becomes a thing because they don't have a vision, their brain doesn't know to look for it. Their brain doesn't know to look for the next steps. Now, this is not just woo-woo talk. This is verified by the science. Like read any mental peak performance training book that they give to athletes and there's always visualization in there. It's normally one of the first ones. So you gotta create a vision for yourself. You gotta create a vision for your family. Where exactly do you want to go? If you wanna have a bigger house at Strands, what exactly do you want that house to look like? What street do you want it to be on? Which What colors do you want the house to be? What kind 
kind of plants do you want? What kind of furniture do you want inside? All of these things, the more detail you see it in, the more likely it is to come true because your brain subconsciously will start to pick up on things that are moving you towards those things. So with the vision, another thing that you can do is you can create a vision board. So Heather and I have done this. Some people think it's super cheesy. One of my mentors in particular, I hope he doesn't listen to this because he's going to make fun of me and give me shit about it, but I'm going to tell you anyway. So Heather and I have a vision board and on it, we have eight different categories. You don't necessarily need to know what the categories are, but we have one for family. We have one for work. We have one for our relationship. We have one for finances. And so each of these different categories just has pictures that represents things that we want in life. And so a simple example of this would be under our material wealth side, one of the things that Heather and I both want are brand new, nice black cars. Like I want an Audi S7 and one day I will certainly get it. It's not going to be today and it's certainly not going to be tomorrow. So that's on our vision board and that's something, but it's cool because we can see things that have definitively happened and we updated this vision board over the last three years and things have come true that we never ever thought would be possible, including having our own practice that has an ocean view. That was like a big, big vision for me, something I thought would never be possible my first year in practice and lo and behold, it happened. And I can only attribute it to the fact that we put in these four steps that we're talking about, starting with having a vision. So that was the first thing. And then next, you have to have core values. Core values are super important. And if you don't know what core values are, they're more than just words on a piece of paper, or they should be for you. If they're just words on a piece of paper, it's not gonna do you any good. It's just gonna be a waste of time to do this next activity that I'm gonna share with you. And so here's how core values work. Core values give you a place to make decisions from. So Heather and I, in our lives, we have five core values. They are vitality, excellence, congruency, value creation, and adventure. And those five core values, we make all of our decisions by. So if there's something that's not in excellence, we choose to not do it. If there's not something that's congruent with us, we choose to not do it. For instance, let's say under the category of vitality, let's say that friends ask us to go out to eat at McDonald's. Well, clearly McDonald's actually isn't really food and it's not going to increase our vitality. So we will make the decision to say no to that. And we can also do the converse, right? If one of our friends asks us to go out to Broadway, which is one of our favorite restaurants, then certainly we can say yes to that because we know that it's quality ingredients. We know that it's locally sourced. We know that most of it's organic. We know that the meat is grass fed and grass finished and pasture raised. And so we're happy with those things. These core values are super important. So if you're looking for how to create your core values, this is what I suggest you do. Go into Google, just type core values list. Um, one of the very top hits will be a list of like 500 core values. Start to look through those as a family. So if it's just you and a husband or wife, then sit down with your spouse and start to figure those things out. If you have kids and they're old enough to understand this conversation, include them in on it too and make core values for your entire family. If you have your own business, I would encourage you to make core values for your business that allow you to make decisions that allow you to say yes and no. Because what this will do is it will put you on the right track at every phase of the process so that you can actually end up at your vision. I think of this like a roadmap. The core values will allow you to make decisions that will get you to the things that you want that are on your vision board or in your vision in the first place. So Heather and I, for example, we have a very long list, a two-page list of exactly what an ideal client that works with us in our office looks like. And guess what? Every single one of you, if you're in under care in our office, are the exact person that we wanted to work with. We love you. We appreciate you. We love being around you. We're so grateful for you. And it's because we've created this vision that we can attract the people that we want. And so from this conversation, the first thing that you should get is just creating a vision, creating values. Your vision can change. Your values can change. That's okay. 
okay, but if you don't have any of it, you're not even starting with a roadmap in the first place. Number two, mindset. Mindset is particularly important because what we know now is that mindset or this set of soft skills are things that can be influenced, things that can be learned at any phase of life. So when I hear my dad say things like, oh, I could never quit my job and go do what I'm passionate about, I actually don't really believe that because I know that his brain is neuroplastic. It can change and he can get more persistence. He could get more willpower. And so with mindset, here's what you have to have. You gotta have persistence. You gotta be willing to do the work that no one else is willing to do. You've gotta have willpower to stay on track with your core values, to keep yourself in check constantly. This is why core values are important. And even more importantly than all of this, with mindset, you have to hold the vision in your mind that what you want is actually possible. Now I'm gonna say that again because this is an important one. You have to hold the vision in your mind. You have to know that what you want and what you are seeking is actually possible because if you don't believe it in your heart, it will never ever come true. And this comes down to this concept of the law of attraction. And so the law of attraction works like this. Very simply put, the law of attraction says that what you think about, you will get more of. And you've heard me talk about this multiple times before. So for instance, if you think about what you don't want all the time, you're going to attract all of the things to your life that you don't want. Think about that for a second. If you're constantly saying, I don't want to be late and I don't want to fail and I don't want this bad thing to happen and I don't want this other bad thing to happen and I definitely hope that she doesn't do this to me and I definitely hope that he doesn't do this to me and I definitely hope that I don't get screwed over... All of those don't wants is the energy that you're in the thought that you're putting into creating your own life. And as you put that energy into the things that you don't want, you are going to attract the things, the very things that you say you don't want. So switching your language, switching your thoughts, switching your mindset, you need to be able to say definitively with certainty what you do want, what you do want. So my question for you is this, what do you want? If you want to be on time, say that I want to be on time. If you want to get every green light on your way to work, say that I want to get every green light on my way to work. I want there to be very, very little traffic on my trip. I want to have this house at Strands. I want to have this car. I want my son or daughter to be healthy. I want to be healthy. Not I don't want to get sick. It always needs to be in the positive because your brain doesn't know the difference. And so this comes down to this thing that I call thoughts, energy, matter. The thoughts you have create an energy, physical energy in your body. And there are some researchers that are saying now that as we think about certain things and we create a certain energy in our body, that certain energy actually activates our DNA in a way that changes how it functions and replicates. So if we're constantly saying what we don't want, if we're constantly saying that we don't want to get sick or that everything is bad in our lives, then these thoughts are creating an energy in our body that is actually preventing us from getting the very things that we want. So thoughts, you have to have positive thoughts. Even when things are bad, you have to have positive thoughts. I'll share an example of this here in a second on how you can kind of flip the script on yourself so that you can start to frame yourself in a way where everything then becomes positive, even if it's potentially negative in the, t- in the moment. So thoughts, energy, once you attach a thought and energy together, the energy is the excitement behind what you want to happen. So you should be able to feel gratitude and you should be able to feel joy. 
Dr. Joe Dispenza says that gratitude is the feeling as if something has already happened. So why not have gratitude for the things that you want in your life before they have ever happened and start to create the energy as if they have already happened. And then that translates into matter. So your thoughts create an energy that ultimately transforms matter and will transform the world around you. Your brain will start to see things more positively. It will start to pick out things more positively. It will start to pick out the steps that you need to take in order to get where you want to go. Now, what if something really, really bad happens to you? So let me give you an example of this. The other day, I made a mistake in my office and it cost me $1,000. Like literally right on the spot, a two second decision cost me $1,000. I won't tell you what it is, but I should have checked myself before I said yes. And it, like, it was literally like taking $1,000 and just burning it. So This decision that I made, at first, it really, really upset me. And in my head, in the back of my head at the time, I could have been like, you know, this really, really sucks. This is so bad. This is exactly what I didn't want to happen. However, instead of looking at it from a negative perspective, this is what I took with that thought. I lost $1,000, okay? Instead of saying, man, that sucks. It's so bad. The world's out to get me. I'm a victim. I immediately took the thought of I lost $1,000 and I said, good, because it allowed me an opportunity to learn a lesson that I will never ever let happen again. And I need to have certain checks and I need to have certain balances within my business so that I don't let that same mistake ever happen again. Because if I didn't have those checks and balances, it could have potentially been 5,000 or 10,000 or $20,000. And so I share this with you because thoughts, energy matter, always keeping them in the positive. So anytime something negative happens to you, How can you reframe it as a good thing? For instance, if traffic is going slower or traffic is moving slower than what you want it to, maybe that's actually a good thing so you can listen to the entire podcast that you were supposed to listen to. Let's say that you get really, really sick. Even though I don't believe in getting sick, I think it's an expression of health. That's a conversation for the previous episode of this podcast. But let's say that you get really, really sick. Maybe that's actually a good thing so that it can give you time to rest and relax and rejuvenate so that you can be more productive in the future instead of just functioning a little bit less. And so all of these, there's always a way to reframe something as good instead of negative. And then the other thing I'm going to have you do is just consider fear setting. So Tim, this is not a unique idea to me. Tim Ferriss came up with this idea. And so what he talks about is that anytime you could potentially fail at something, why not look at it and say, okay, how can I look at this as if from the perspective that what's the worst that could happen? And so for instance, when Heather and I were looking at starting our own practice in California Everybody told us it was too expensive, that the vaccine laws were crazy, that we couldn't do it. There was no way. There's not enough people to pull from. There's the ocean on one side of you. The location that you're going to pick is really, really dumb place to live. It's too expensive. Cost of living is too high. Gas prices are too high. Food is too high. You guys get the idea. So Heather and I sat down with each other and we fear set this entire conversation. And we fear set it like this. If we move to California after we graduate from chiropractic school and we try to open a business and we completely fail, what's the worst that could happen? Well, for us, the worst things that we could think of that would happen is that we would have to give up living in California, that we would have to move back to Indiana, that we would have to live with one of our parents until we figured some things out, 
We both have college degrees. We could certainly start over and go back to teaching or go back to physical therapy. So if that was the worst case scenario that could possibly happen, it didn't seem that bad. We weren't going to be homeless. We were still going to have food. We may not have had income. We may have been a little bit embarrassed, but if that's the worst of it, that's not that bad. And so we chose to go for it and you have seen the results and we're just getting started. So that one is mindset. So the first two rules, one, create a vision and value, two, change your mindset. Start looking at things in the positive, start thinking about the law of attraction, start thinking about thoughts, energy, matter. Number three, apply the 80-20 rule to your life. The 80-20 principle simply states this, is that 80% of your results in your life come from 20% of your efforts. So let me say that again, another way. 80% of what you do right now is producing hardly anything And 20% of what you're doing right now is creating about 80% of your results. And so when you understand the 80-20 rule, why would you not spend your time trying to figure out what 20% you need to work on that's going to give you 80% of the result? In Tim Ferriss' book, The 4-Hour Body, he talks about the 80-20 rule. One of the things he talks about is that in any given language, you only need to know about 20% of the words to be relatively fluent in that language. And so what this means is that if you can figure out what 20% of the words you need to learn how to speak, then the rest of it doesn't really matter and you'll still be able to have conversations with people. Now, this is super cool because you can apply it to your life. And I've heard Tim Ferriss talk about this multiple times before where he says, you know, if someone looked at my daily routine, it's really, really boring because I may sit around for weeks or a month and I'm just waiting to figure out what's the next big domino that will get me 80% of the result. And so instead of just being busy all the time, why not stepping back? treating yourself like a CEO, looking at your life and starting to strategically plan so you can figure out where is the next 20% that's going to give you 80% of the result. What's a little thing that you can focus on that's going to give you 80% of the result. When I was in chiropractic school, while I watched so many students stress over classes, stress over adjusting, stress over all of these things, I was putting massive time and energy into communication. And everybody thought I was crazy. They're like, dude, it's just such a small piece of your practice. Why would you focus and spend so many weekends learning communication? And this is what I realized looking back on it. I didn't know it at the time is that that 20% being able to communicate well has given me 80% of the results in my practice that I really, really want. Do I need to be a good adjuster? Yes. And so this is just an example for me to show you that I didn't know it at the time, but what I was doing is focusing on this one teeny tiny little piece communication skills that allowed me to be massively successful outside of school. And now so much so that I have other chiropractors trying to come and learn and train with me because I figured it out. And when they figure it out, they'll be able to be a little more successful too. And then, so that's number three is figure out the 80-20 rule. So number one, vision and values. Number two, mindset. Number three, figure out the 80-20 principle in your life. And then number four, most importantly, this one's a no-brainer, but I got to share it because some people will take some of what I just said and they'll be like, well, I did all that and it didn't work. Number four is you have to do the work. You have to do the work. So you need to be studying, you need to be learning, you need to be training, whatever it is, if it's in your business, if it's if you're an employee, if it's for your family, if it's for your kids, just continue studying, continue learning. But here's the thing, instead of just reading book after book or listening to podcast after podcast, why not just take one thing and listen to it over and over and over again and start to actually implement it into your life. And so what I mean by this is doing the work instead of what I've done this year, so since January, I've only read three books three books. 
And those three books I have read over and over and over and over again. And I have notes upon notes upon notes of how to apply the strategies and principles within those books into my own life. And then my life has completely changed as a result. I used to be the guy who would read 40 books in a year. And now I'm not about that. I just read the cycle through the books over and over and over and try to get massive value from them and apply the principles and strategies to my life. So you got to be willing to do the work. One of the biggest things that I see is with friends who I love very, very dearly, but they do this many, many times is they're like, well, I thought positive thoughts and I understood the thoughts energy matter thing, but nothing came to me. You still got to be willing to put in the works, to put in the rep and reps. And this is where it gets tricky because if you don't understand the 80-20 principle, then you won't be able to do the work as efficiently. So as you start to figure out what's the 20% that's going to get you 80% of the results, you will realize that as you start to work on that, being persistent, using lots of willpower, then you will start to completely transform your life. And so four steps to getting everything you want in life. One, create a vision, create some values. Two, master your mindset. Three, follow the 80-20 principle. And number four, do the work. You should be unrelenting. I know one of the beliefs that I've always had, I don't know where I got it from. I think my dad instilled it in me when I was young is that I will outwork anybody all the time, every day, 24-7. And so with that, my friends, I want to ask you one final question. Where in your life can you apply these four principles to make your life even more successful, even more fruitful, even happier, even healthier, even more prosperous, or where can you apply it for your family and friends? And always don't forget that all of these will only work halfway if you don't have a healthy functioning nervous system to allow you the capacity within your brain to completely rise up and crush the game across these four domains. I love and appreciate every single one of you. If you got value out of this episode, I would hope that one, you would share it up with friends, two, rate it, three, leave a review. Love and appreciate you. We'll come at you live again next week and we will keep giving you updates about baby Kimberly along the way. Love you, peace. listening to the nexus podcast with your host dr daniel kimbley if you're interested in receiving more information about optimizing your brain and nervous system check out our website at www.nexusfamilychiropractic.com